Hello, friends, and good morning, and welcome back to Filling Your Cup with Nadia Noel. This week has slightly changed a little, and we had to move one of our episodes to next week. So we will be doing the online money-making on social network and talking about the chronic and invisible illnesses with my friend Amelia next week. We are, in fact, lucky to be joined instead by Avery Jade Bowman, who is a woman's health coach based out of Indiana. She's going to be talking to us about how to help ourselves stop lying to ourselves and therefore hopefully try to break the never-ending cycle of our own self-limiting beliefs. Avery is on live with us right now, and I'm going to pass this off to her to give her a little introduction to you guys about herself. Nadia, I'm so grateful and happy to be here. Um, as we go through and talk today about breaking self-limiting beliefs, like I want to share my story and where I started because I think a lot of women can relate to how I was feeling years ago. And honestly, I'm going to spare all the nitty-gritty details because it's a lot. But at one point in my life, I really, really struggled with anxiety and really mostly around what other people thought of me. And it was like something I couldn't get out of my head. Like I thought about it constantly. Um, it even evolved to when I looked in the mirror, I started feeling sick because I was not happy with who I saw back mentally, but also physically. Um, Both ways, I just knew I was not in a good place. And I didn't necessarily know what to do about it at the time. So I just kept going and going and just feeling really lonely through this process, feeling super miserable. And deep down, I knew something needed to change, but I wasn't there yet until I was kind of, and we're going to talk about this today, I was tired of my own bullshit. And I was like, okay, like you've been in this cycle you know, down, feeling a little bit depressed, anxious, all the things like you are in control and you can fix this and turn this around. So that's exactly what I did. And again, sparing the details, but I will say throughout the past three years, like I've been failing, I've been succeeding all through trial and error, just trying to figure out what works best for me. And now today I can finally say I'm extremely happy with the person I've become. This past year has been amazing. And I never knew how I could feel. I never knew that I could feel this good feel this secure and happy in myself. Um, And so it's been a huge transformation and a lot of work has been done. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not just a overnight transition, but um, because of this transformation, I actually began my coaching business to help other women out of similar situations that I was in, in a lot less time, right? Like I said, it took me a few years just to really get on track and find out what the best solution was to my problems. So I realized like, dang, this really sucks. Like, this is just not fun. So I wanted to help other women out of that position, like I said, in a lot less time than I had to spend. Um, So currently, I have a successful coaching business, and I help busy working women shed fat and balance their hormones in about 90 days. We do this without giving up carbs because nobody wants to give up carbs um, without spending hours in the gym. So it's been really, really great. And So many women have actually graduated from our program sharing that they never thought they could feel like this in tune with their body, this good with their body and coming out of that mindset and transforming their bodies and their minds. And if I can be honest with you, like that's what gives me fulfillment because I've been in that situation and I know how daunting it can feel. And I also have been on the other side where I feel really good and I feel great. And every woman I believe deserves to get there. So that's why I just wanted to share that story with you. And today I want to share with all of you how we can take some simple and practical steps to actually break this cycle and learn to love yourself. Finally. 
Yes, I'm so happy and just excited, ecstatic actually to have you joining us. For those listening, I met Avery about a year and a half ago. Oddly enough, we both lived in Indiana together and I met her online right after moving to Colorado, which just kind of cracked me up because we have yet to meet in person. (laughs) But Avery has been such a huge inspiration to me and my friends for holding ourselves accountable and keeping our promises. I know I've talked a little bit online about how I created a content creators group last year, and I know she has personally helped so many of us in that group make positive lifestyle changes. Whether that was getting in a routine, switching our lifestyle to have a healthier diet, she helped me a lot on my journey of getting back in the gym after not going to the gym for like almost five years. It was such a good resource to have a friend who knows so much. I'm just so excited to have you join us here today to be able to share some of your knowledge on that. Yeah, Nadia, I really appreciate that. And I'm very thankful to have met you. And like you said, we're so close, but so far away. Like yes. We <laughs> just missed each other. So hopefully we can figure out a time to get and meet soon because that would be amazing. But um, yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that. And I know you've had a lot going on in your journey and just to be able to support you through all the things that you were going through, are going through. I love your friendship. So just want to let you know that. (laughs) Yes, I'm so happy to have met and I'm so happy to hear some of the information that you've got for us today about making these big lifestyle changes. Absolutely. So really the first place that I like to start Um, I don't know how many of you can relate to this. I still do this to this day, but we like are in a never ending cycle of saying, I need to blink. Like I need to start walking. I need to start drinking more water. I need to go to the gym. I need to do this. I need to do that. Like we say that to ourselves all day. At least I do. My friends do like, I've heard this happen, come up a lot. And so we have this cycle of saying, I need to do this. And we have that intention and we're like, yeah, that sounds great. I guess it's more of a desire because we don't have that intention yet. So it's more of a desire. Like I have the desire to want to do this and then we don't do it. Right. So we're failing ourselves over and over. And as harsh as that sounds, we're lying to ourselves. And that's where the root of confidence in yourself starts from is when you can start keeping promises to yourself. So if you continue to say, oh, I need to drink more water and you have that desire, but you don't do anything about it, like you're just going to be in this never ending cycle of saying, I need to do something and then letting yourself down. So here's a really simple way we can reframe this. And we're going to actually dive a little bit deeper in how we can stick to our goals. But for right now, it stops saying I need to and start saying I am going to like just that language alone can help you process and register that in your brain a little bit better to where it connects with you a little bit more. So instead of saying I need to drink more water, start saying, I am going to start drinking more water. Now we're going to dive deeper into this goal, make it a little bit more specific, which we will talk about later. But that's the first thing you can do is start changing your language and stop saying, I need to do something and not doing it. Start saying, I am going to do it. And things from there are going to change. And adding on to that a little bit, I think when people go on, you know, their self-help, self-discovery journey, whatever you would like to call it, I think they think that it is making these huge lifestyle changes, you know, and the part of that, it can be that I have made huge lifestyle changes, but I think people get into like, you know, the all or nothing mindset and they're like, well, I have to do all of it or I have to do none of it. And I really like how you made comment of just changing your wording to I am going to do it instead of I want wanting to go do it because it's really just like the smallest change of how you word that can really make the biggest difference in how your mind sees it. You know, if your mind knows you're going to tell yourself you're going to do it, then you're setting an expectation for yourself. 
So I really love that. Transitioning a little from what we talked about with our self-confidence and switching to the I am mindset, if you are already past the getting over your own bullshit point and have the self-confidence, how can we best set goals and hold ourselves accountable so we aren't breaking promises to ourselves? Because it's easy to say I am going to do this, but obviously actually doing it is another thing. Absolutely. Yeah, it's exactly what we were talking about earlier. First thing is the language switch. But after this, like I mentioned, when you're saying these things to yourself, it's mostly a desire, right? You have the desire to do something. Now we have to switch that and make it an intention. When we let me explain briefly about the difference between these two. So desire is just that thought initial thought in your head, like, I need to start drinking more water. Cool, you want to do this. But you technically have no intention to because you're not going to do that, right? So when we switch this language, I am going to, that kind of gives us a little bit more closer to the intention. And I'm going to actually talk about how to create intentions in a second, but you can kind of see the difference here, desire versus an intention um, and what that actually looks like. So you have to take desires all the way through to action. And there's some steps here. So the first step really is to start small. You have to start with something you cannot say no to and increase from there, building on those small habits. So here's an example. I've been using this wording this whole time. I want to start drinking more water. When we actually take that phrase, again, from a desire, we're going to start with something so small you cannot say no to. I am going to start drinking one glass a day if you're starting from zero. I know that sounds ridiculous. And you're like, what is one glass doing? for me, right? That's not what I want. I need to be drinking eight glasses a day, but we're going to start one glass because that's so small, so simple. You can't say no to that, right? Um, From here, just to give you some other examples, let's say you want to start reading. I'm going to pick two pages out of my book, start reading. My goal is to read two pages a day. Again, so small. What is that doing for me? But that's the point. You have to start small. If you have trouble making longer and sticking to like bigger life changes, starting small is going to be super important. So again, Picking something so small, you cannot say no to. And then like the next step here is making it specific. So if it is that water goal, I'm going to start drinking one glass a day, label it or pair it with something specific. Think about even what you're going to wear. Like, I know that sounds dramatic, but, you know, maybe as soon as I brush my teeth, I'm going to drink a glass of water. Now, I bet some of you are cringing at that because you're just thinking the mint in the water. Maybe that wasn't the best example, but (laughs) I finish my breakfast, I'm going to drink a glass of water, whatever it is make it specific and actually visualize yourself doing it here. And that's going to be super powerful is what I'm trying to say. Um, The other recommendation here, I'm going to start reading two pages. I will take my actual book name, sit on the couch and read two pages after I drink my coffee, something like that. Make it super specific. So you can actually start visualizing this in your life. So you can kind of see how going from, I need to start drinking more water or I need to start reading. We make it super small. We make it specific. And now it's like, oh, I actually have this process that makes it seem so easy. Like, yeah, after I pour my cup of coffee, I'm going to read two pages on the couch. Like, that's just so much easier than I need to start reading, right? Because there's no context there. So that's how we take a desire to an intention to action. So the next thing, obviously, here is taking action on those things and actually committing to that. A hundred percent. And I also just wanted to add in like a little bit of my own example that you actually personally helped me with. Um, I know on Instagram last year... One of the first things you started posting about when you started your page was how you need to drink water and eat breakfast in the morning to like fuel. 
And I was 100% not one of those people. Um, <laughs> I remember telling Avery, I was like, there's no way I can drink water before my coffee. Like I, I like live off coffee. I have to wake up and it's like the first thing I do. And she was like, don't do that. Like it's so bad for your stomach. And I was like, well, I just can't eat in the morning. And she was like, well, if you can't think about eating in the morning, like just like start with something small. And I remember for me, it was literally like eating an apple in the morning because I like physically, it was really hard for me to get myself Mm -hmm. to eat. And now I am at the point, you know, months later, which it didn't take me months. This is just months later where I do eat breakfast every morning before I have my coffee. But I love like the intentionality of it when you're saying, even if you want to read a book like you don't have to commit to reading the whole book even if you're making the lifestyle change of like needing to eat breakfast first like you don't have to start by you know force feeding yourself an entire breakfast meal like you (laughs) can work in little steps and build up to it and I know we'll talk more about the all or nothing mindset at some point but I just kind of wanted to go back to that you know making these big changes is not an all or nothing thing and everyone is on their own journey at their own pace Right. And just to add, you know, so many of us are on social media. We see exactly what's going on, where people are. And we tend to think, oh, they got there super easy. They got there super quick because we're seeing them post transformation. Right. Um, yes. And so we get in our own head where we have to do the all or nothing. Oh, this person, she goes to the gym five days a week. She gets really good sleep. She drinks all her water. She eats all her protein. You know, she her hormones are great. She reads books. She watches modules and takes courses like all the things in our head like we think we need to be doing all the things but if you're starting from zero I just like tough luck like you're not going to get there overnight and that person that you're watching that's there didn't either Um, and so it just feels like oh my gosh they're doing all the things like I need to do that too but you you have to start where you are and I know that's hard and that's a really hard mindset shift but if you try to be all in you're going to fail pretty much every time unless you're a really special person that gifted just, person like, yeah a super special person but most of us are not that way and you have to start where you are what feels good to you also challenge yourself a little bit of course but meeting yourself where you are and like break up with that mentality because it's not serving you 100 percent and another thing I wanted um to kind of get into is writing down goals but I do want to kind of tie this into the, um, you know, lifestyle changing thing, because I know I've talked to Avery um, and, you know, I'm pretty vocal about my endometriosis on social media. But when I got diagnosed with that, I was like, I need to make all the lifestyle changes to live my healthiest life. And I literally, this is so embarrassing, but I remember reading like all the articles online and the books and just making like a list of every single thing I needed to change in my life. And mind you, this is like, you know, a full body disease. So my list is like 20 things long. And I'm like, there's just no possible way for me to change all of these things overnight. And it did exactly that. I got extremely overwhelmed and I was just like, I can't do it. Like I, I'm so overwhelmed. My mind's going a million places. I can't think about doing it. So I do want to talk about writing down goals, but I also just wanted to note going into that, write down a couple goals. When I say write down goals, don't go down and make a list of 20 things you need to change because like Avery said, I promise you, you will probably most likely fail unless you are like a very special gifted person because our minds are not wired to just like completely change our entire life 
overnight. So kind of going into the talking about writing things down, I wanted to quote something I actually read in Forbes magazine. Writing down your goals keeps you accountable and is statistically proven that you are 42% more likely to achieve those goals if written down. The shocking thing about this statistic is even though you are 42% more likely to achieve your goals if you write them down, shockingly, only about 20% of us actually do that. Right. Well, that goes back to where we, where I was saying, like, we all say, oh, I need to do this. We all have the desire. And so it's about taking that desire, making it specific, starting small, meeting where you're at, and then going further to write it down, because that's going to make it even more likely that you're going to follow through, which is pretty great. Like 42% is actually like a huge drastic difference. I think people honestly, like who don't read (laughs) statistics a lot, like think anything less than 50% is pretty small. But if you're someone like us, who's like reading studies um, and doing this, it's like, you know, that's a huge percentage, especially when you're comparing that to like the mass population. Right. Now that we have talked about finding self-confidence, setting goals, and holding ourselves accountable, I wanted to talk about a few other basic things we can do just to set ourselves up for success in our everyday life. Some of the easiest ways that I do this is getting in a routine, making sure I'm eating a whole foods diet, and finding what boosts my serotonin so I'm to access that to boost my mood. And I think this is really important. Everyone has different ways that they release serotonin. Obviously, exercise is like a big one that we can all release, but some people have more creative outlets and some people have more, you know, physical outlets. And I'll get more into that in a little bit. But first, I wanted to kind of dive in to getting into a routine, just uh, helping yourself have a basic routine that helps me feel really put together and just set myself up for success. And again, if you're trying to create a routine for yourself, don't go write down 20 things you need to do throughout your day. Um, The biggest thing for me was picking what basic things I wanted to do in the morning and in the evening, because that kind of helped me, even if my, the middle of my day was a little more willy nilly and changed with whatever day of the week it was. If I have a set morning routine and a set evening routine, I feel like my life is balanced and I'm starting and closing out the day the same way. I talked about earlier how Avery had gotten me into the routine of drinking um, my water when I first woke up and eating breakfast before I had my coffee that was one of the hardest things for me to change. Um, it definitely took me a while to build up, you know, how much I was eating in the morning. I had like a really toxic relationship with food from being on ADHD medication for so many years. So I think that was probably harder for me than it will be um, for most people. But, it, you know, it took me like a couple months to really get in the routine of doing it. But now I'm at the point where I wake up and I drink my water, I have my breakfast, I have my coffee, and I feel very put together that way. Um, and another thing I learned from Avery, which I remember you saying how important it was um, to eat 30 minutes within waking up. And that's right. been something that I have like been trying to do so hard the last couple months and I've finally gotten it down. But Um, I didn't know if you could like expand on that at all for us. Absolutely. Well, I feel like a lot of the things we're talking about, we could do like a whole podcast on Nadia. Literally. (laughs) Like, you know, whatever this is, I'll keep it brief, but really just super important to eat within that 30 minute to 40 minute window. Um, Even if an hour you can, but the reason being is one, 
you've been sleeping all night and when we sleep we actually burn energy and we have stored energy in our liver and as we sleep we're kind of like burning through that so in the morning we can kind of be depleted of that plus our cortisol is at its highest when we wake up which is like our stress hormone um so we really want to kind of balance things back out and that's why eating in the morning is super important just to get us back on like our circadian rhythm to restore the energy that we lost from sleeping and make sure that you know a lot of this too like eating early in the morning might sound so sickening to some of you but eventually it won't and it's going like it's really important for you to have hunger cues when you wake up that's a really good sign of health um so just kind of all those things that i said mumble jumbled but like i said i feel like we could go into a whole other podcast about that yes and hope i'm good with keeping it short but i just wanted you to <laughs> give them a little more insight on that because i think that i made was not drinking my coffee in the morning and i'll keep this short too but what avery said was hunger cues are really important and that's something that i wasn't having when i was waking up and drinking my coffee first thing in the morning i'm sure there's a whole slew of people listening to this podcast right now really? who drink <laughs> Who drinks Starbucks at 7 a.m. and then don't eat anything until like 2 or 3 in the afternoon. I'm not here to call you out because if I was, I would be calling myself out. I was that person for six years. Um, am I that person anymore? No. Do I still drink my Starbucks sometimes? Yes. Nobody is perfect. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, you know, it's the little changes here that are making the huge differences. I still have my coffee, um, but I do drink it after I've had my breakfast and I do have my hunger cues back. So I just wanted to take a short little dive into that because it is something so important um, for setting yourself up for success and setting your body up for success. Right. Going kind of into what I do for my nighttime routine, this is like ultra simple. Um, I'm a very, I like to relax and unwind at night. So my nighttime routine is super simple. I do my skincare routine, you know, wash my face, do all my treatments and stuff. And then I try to stretch and right before bed, I will try to at least read or write in bed for 20 minutes. And this is something that helps me wind down and prepare myself to get ready for bed. Another thing that I really had to work on in my routine was like getting back in Hadian rhythm. And that's really hard if you're coming out of like the college age kids, you know, I'm about yeah. to be 24 this year it's really hard if you've like been up all night like in the college mode working on classes or doing homework and then you're like crap like I'm a functioning adult and I need to get back on a schedule so kind of you know when it gets dark out I've been trying to go to bed earlier since it's not tired yet I still will you know like turn down the lights in my room and sit in bed and try to read or write so I can get my body ready to go to sleep even if it's not quite ready yet the last thing that I wanted to kind of go into on list was accessing your neurotransmitters. And I'm really just going to focus on serotonin today because I don't want this, you know, like Avery said, we could do a podcast episode like really in depth on all of these things. But the main one that I wanted to focus on today is serotonin. Serotonin is a neurotransmitter and a hormone that helps regulate your mood digestion, as well as regulate tight and promoting good sleep through your circadian rhythm, which your circadian rhythm, I know I just talked about that, is basically body being in rhythm. Like if the sun goes up, it knows that is when it's time to wake up. And when the sun goes down, it's time to go to sleep. Most of us are not on that rhythm because like I said, our jobs or our school schedules don't work with that. So when you get to a point where you're able to do that, um, I really do suggest like 
getting in the rhythm of working on it because it can really improve your sleep schedule and your mood. But getting to the process of being able to do that is really hard and kind of learning about my serotonin and everything helped me be able to do that more. Something that I didn't know prior to doing this research is that 95% of your body's serotonin is in your gut, which is this is why a lot of people connect food to memories or why some of us say that we have comfort food. When you're eating, your gut is sending happy signals to your brain. This is also why I said eating a whole foods diet is so important. If you are not eating the proper amount of food, your body's not getting the proper amount of nutrition that it needs to produce the serotonin. This is why doctors also say serotonin and neurotransmitters are so important because they do contribute to depression and anxiety. I have personally been in the scenario where I was with a panic disorder when I was like 13 years old. And the first thing they were asking me is, what are you eating? Because if you're not fueling your body properly, then it's not going to work properly. And that's what contributes to so much anxiety and depression. Obviously, serotonin also gives us the happy feeling if we're feeling accomplished or, you know, someone we love does something for us. It gives you that like instant happy feeling. So I wanted to talk about some other ways to release serotonin. Obviously, I'm not telling you to just go eat a bunch of your favorite food to be happy, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I just kind of wanted to give you guys the connection there because I, for one, didn't know that serotonin was so connected to your gut. That was kind of a mind-blowing fact to me. So earlier, I had talked about, you know, physical exertion is a really good way to release serotonin. I absolutely love going on runs. I love experiencing the runner's high that gets released. And that is something, you know, I can run for 10 minutes and like get a serotonin boost. And, you know, I actually kind of hate running, to be honest. (laughs) I'm like not a runner, but I love the feeling that I get after doing it, like, the release of those neurotransmitters and the dopamine and the norepinephrine and all these other things that come along with the serotonin really just make you feel so good. And I think it's kind of hard, um, especially for someone like me who was not being physically active for five years to remember what that feeling is. Mm. So if you're someone who is not super physically active um, or doesn't like have a gym membership, I'm really challenging you guys to go like sprint for five minutes or like go for a 10 minute jog and like even if it seems really hard in the moment I promise you'll be breathing really heavy afterwards but (laughs) I think that it really does make you feel so much better and kind of going back into that if you're not a person who enjoys I mean I personally think everyone should be physically active but if you're like not one of those people who enjoys that stuff very much you can also release serotonin by doing something creatively like I said I had a panic attack disorder when I was really young and one of the easiest ways I found to manage it was drawing in a notebook if I felt stressed or anxious I would just sit down and start drawing and sometimes I'd draw for 30 minutes sometimes it was an hour but you know, really forcing myself to sit down and like think about what I was doing would calm me down. And I always felt this amazing release of serotonin because I felt so accomplished after drawing. You know, it's just, I don't want people to think that the only way you can release these neurotransmitters is physical activity because you can find what you enjoy and what makes you happy and do whatever you need to do to do that. The last thing I wanted Um, to talk about on that is the feeling of accomplishment. That is a really big way that we feel serotonin. 
um, can be something as little as crossing off a list. And we talked about making lists of things we wanted to do earlier. So this is kind of a good place to bring it up. Um, you know, you're 42% more likely to accomplish something if you write it down. But also the feeling of accomplishment you get when you actually cross off something that you've done is statistically proven to release a large amount of serotonin just because of your feeling of accomplishment. So another challenge I have to you guys is along with writing down your lists of what you want to accomplish this week or the couple things you want to make with lifestyle changes is to really sit down and like cross them off when you're done. Or even if you are making a list of what you're going to clean this week and you cross it off as you go, I promise that it gives you this overwhelming sense of accomplishment. Going along the lines of neurotransmitters that we just talked about, or even just the brain in general, I wanted to let Avery talk about how powerful the brain actually is and how much it can affect how we feel, especially when we're learning how to break these self-limiting beliefs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the brain is so complex and that's one of my favorite things about it is like all the things you can learn about it. And the fact that we don't even know everything about our brain is just absolutely amazing. So we all know that the brain literally controls us. It controls everything we do. It controls how our organs function, how we communicate with other people. Like it's just so powerful. So I kind of want to stem and go into our own reality and how that is created. So obviously we know that everyone's perception of the world is so different and that's based on our experiences, on our beliefs, on the messages we've heard from other people, the messages that we've told ourselves, selves, all those things. Um, so basically based on this, our brain believes that to be true. And that's why, just a quick example, why you could believe one thing and another person you know could believe something totally opposite, yet you will both argue to the death because you both believe what you have to believe is true, right? So that's just how our brains work. Like whatever we tell ourselves basically is the truth. So here's the thing with that. Our brains don't want to be wrong ever. It makes them so uncomfortable, which is why change can be uncomfortable, which is why you know, unlearning certain habits can be super uncomfortable and hard because our brains are literally fighting against us. So this basically means that whatever you tell yourself to be true is true. So here's a quick example. You know, let's say you really struggle with acne and you look in the mirror and you're like, oh my gosh, acne, my acne makes me so ugly. I'm disgusting. Like nobody cares about me. Like nobody wants to love this face, right? Like as harsh as that sounds, I know we've had some thoughts like this before. If you struggled with something like this, I think um, everyone has had those thoughts, girl. Like yeah. let's think back to when we were 13 and 14 and like mm -hmm. going through puberty. I'm like, if you have not had these thoughts, I feel like you're lying. <laughs> yeah. And so in that moment, no matter how negative it is or how harsh those thoughts are, your brain believes that to be true because you keep telling yourself that over and over every time you look in the mirror. So, so whenever you have or are in a circumstance where the opposite is told to you, your brain is going to overlook that. So let's use another example here. Let's say, you know, you suffer with thoughts where you're just like, man, I'm so lonely. Nobody likes me. Nobody loves me. I have nobody around me. Um, your brain is going to overlook the circumstances and the situations of when people do support you, or you're going to make excuses. Like, you know, she just has to because she's my mom, or she has to because she's She's known me for so long, so that's why she's just afraid to stop being my friend anymore. So your brain will just make up all these excuses because it wants to be truthful, even though ideally 
likely wrong. So going back to the acne example, we can actually create our own reality and change that up. And this, a huge way that I talk about this is affirmations. I love affirmations. I think they're so great. Um, so this is basically just changing the language that you say to yourself. So I'm sure we've all heard like saying to yourself, oh, I am loved. I am worthy. Yeah, those are great. But you want to create an affirmation that has meaning to you, specifically something that you struggle with. So again, struggling with the acne, you don't have to get clear skin to love yourself again. All you need to start saying is something like, you know what? I am beautiful with or without my acne, beautiful inside and out. Like saying, telling yourself these things over and over. First things first, you're going to feel very uncomfortable. Your brain's literally going to feel devastated because it feels like you're lying to yourself and it's going to be like, no way. What are you doing? We feel like we're ugly. Why are you still calling yourself beautiful? That's so not true. So you're going to feel super cringy. You're going to feel like, why am I doing this? But get past that. Keep going because the more you repeat that phrase to yourself, your brain is, has what we call brain plasticity, which basically just means it can really adapt. So it's going to start taking on those new beliefs. The more you practice telling yourself that and the more you get yourself in that mindset and break those old beliefs. So I know this seems too easy or also kind of like cringy, but I promise you it is that easy. And you can just say these phrases to yourself um, and start really, really giving it meaning. And you're going to take control over your own story. Nobody's in control more than you are. You are in control of how you think, what you do, the actions you take, how you react. And we often try to blame outside sources, but in the end, it's all you. So take control over that and stop letting yourself go down that rabbit hole. Again, I know it's easier said than done, but pull yourself out of there and start doing things for yourself and start changing the way that you think about yourself and the world around you. Yeah, and kind of going along with that, I really love using the term speaking it into existence, um, kind of going along with affirmations. I had applied for like an internship a while ago and got through like two of the processes and I was having a really hard time like believing that I was worthy of it um what is it called imposter syndrome is the word that I'm looking for (laughs) I had really bad imposter syndrome and I know a lot of people say like say affirmations in front of the mirror I it's like you said it feels really uncomfortable when you start doing that so for me I just like started saying them out loud like in bed and like I said my night routine I'll sit in bed for 20 minutes before I go to sleep and I would sit there and I would be like you are enough you are worthy you are deserving of this and I really was just you know trying to speak get into existence because we really do believe what we hear. I just love everything that you had to say on this topic specifically. And I also wanted to add, I can't remember if you said this, um, actually has a psychology degree. So I love when she gets to talk about any of this. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. I I love psychology. And I was going to mention that earlier. Like, that's why I said I love the brain because psychology is so fascinating to me. It's just crazy all the things that Um, We don't even understand about it and how big of an effect it actually does have on our lives and our behavior. I know. I feel like we definitely need to do a whole episode like just on psychology because I think we could go so deep into it. But before we close out today's episode, we definitely wanted to recap some of the most important things of today's episodes. First thing here is you are your biggest obstacle. And as soon as you recognize that, you're going to be able to take control over your reality, start reframing that reality and 
develop these habits, goals, and break these self-limiting beliefs. So like I said, acknowledge that you're your biggest obstacle and start getting out of your own way. Cut the bullshit. Like, just be honest with yourself here. Like, do you really feel good where you are? Do you know that you can feel better? Like, ask yourself those hard questions and look in the mirror and be honest and call yourself out. That's like the first step is having that awareness. Um, And like we talked about too, just starting with those smaller goals and don't rush the process. Like, yes, you're going to have this motivation to get things running and feel good, but start small, something that you cannot say no to and that seems super easy and then start increasing from there. And just like we did talk about earlier, that all or nothing mentality, get rid of it. Like we can't be going all in. We've got to meet ourselves where we're at. Creative with your athletes and your gratitude like I said you don't if you're not ready to go look yourself in the mirror and say these things start small like Avery said and you can say them to yourself in bed before you go tonight I'm not someone um who's like a prayer person so I don't pray before bed I sit there and say all my affirmations and it's become one of the better parts of my night Finding what you're grateful for and being able to say that out loud. Like we said, speaking things into existence. I sometimes write down things that I'm grateful for. One of my friends actually got me a gratitude journal and it's been one of the best things for me. Even if I'm having like a really shit day, I can still sit down and be like, I'm thankful for my boyfriend. I'm thankful for my pets. I am thankful to have friends that love me. Really going in, diving deep and identifying those things. Finding a way to healthily boost those neurotransmitters, especially serotonin, which is the main one we talked about, getting that feeling of accomplishment, whether that's finding a physical way to exert yourself, finding a creative activity you can feel really good about. We really just want to access those things if we are feeling down or sad. And again, the biggest part of serotonin is eating a whole foods diet because 95% of that starts in your gut. So make sure we are properly fueling our bodies. The thing that we wanted to touch on that we just talked about was creating your own reality. You are in control of your life and you are the only one who can change it. Nobody else is going to make these changes for you. Nobody is going to sit here and hold your hand and be like, this is where you need to be at this time of day. These are the changes you need to make and the goals you need to set. You have to identify those for yourselves. Speak them into existence. Write your goals down. Cross them off when you've completed them. And again, like Avery said, do not I repeat, do not go into the all or nothing mindset because we are not here for it. We are purposefully moving away from that because it's not a way to set yourself up for success. And that's what today's episode was all about. Yeah, thank you, Nadia. I really appreciate you having me on and I enjoyed our conversation and hopefully your listeners get are able to take something away from this and start taking action today because that's that's what's important. So yeah, like I said, thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for joining us. I so hope that we can have you on again soon because I just love all of the insight we were able to get here with Abe. Tune in next week at 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time to Filling Your Cup with Nadia Noel to hear me and my friend Amelia talk about our invisible illnesses, how it's affected our lives, and more money online can be helpful to people like us and ways we can teach you to make money on your social media platform.